Everybody, this is a new episode of Translating Love from the basement of our home. <laughs> With me, Boyfi and Danny. Thank you for listening and thank you for uh, sharing. That it means a lot for us uh, and it helps us a lot to get more listeners and to just reach more people. And uh, again, if you can or if it's possible, please rate the podcast as well. That helps a lot too. So let's go into this topic or into yeah. this topic. So if you listen to the last episode, which I, you should before listening to this one, because it's kind of a part two, um, we're basically talking about anxiety. And the reason we put it into two episodes is because Wolfgang has health anxiety, uh, which we talked about in the previous episode. And mm -hmm. I have relationship anxiety. Yeah. Um, and so... Because we already talked about kind of like the the basics of anxiety yep. in the first episode, we won't go into that in this one. No. Nope. So if you're listening and you haven't listened to the other one, stop this stop one. Stop this one immediately and go listen to the other one. What Do are it. you doing? <laughs> Do it now. Do it now. Put it down. Arnold Schwarzenegger came in the room. Put it down. <laughs> Go to the other episode and listen to this now. <laughs> listen to me. Okay, sorry. Are we done? Yeah. Okay. Done. Um, so yeah, before I go into what relationship anxiety is, I'll just give like a brief background of my anxiety because it didn't start as relationship anxiety. As I started to kind of go through and figure out what kind of anxiety I have, which was last year, I really dove into it more. I realized that I had really had anxiety for a long time. Yeah, um, most of us do, and we don't even know. Exactly. And for me, it's my first relationship with anxiety was as a kid in school from literally as long as I can remember, I had massive test anxiety. And it wasn't your normal, like, test jitters where you go in and you feel like oh did i study enough or i'm mm. nervous if i won't pass i was to the point where i would almost have a panic attack every single time that test was put in front of me i would study really hard and still fail mm. because i i didn't know how to study properly it was just all it was all of it i think that's a common problem in, in young people anyways i think so too but it's it lasted it, it didn't stop when i was a kid so mm. it was like Basically, once I started going to school until I stopped going to school. <laughs> and even through when I studied here, I mean, you remember every time before I had an exam, I was in insane panic mode. Yeah, I mean. But like doubting every yeah, skill that I have yeah. and everything that I've learned, but everything. See, I, I didn't think it was that bad here. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten better, but it was it was bad for a long time. So that was kind of like my first anxiety that I felt and it grew into something else later and we talked about it in the last episode I mean I had the two and I remember back like before every time before I had like a big exam or test or or like something like that I had to poop that was my, yeah I, I had to poop like everything came out 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had that until I studied at the university. Then it stopped. That's interesting. Because I was, I felt more prepared and, and more, uh, I don't know, overall confident. Mm. So I didn't, but back in school, I, I, that was like, I had to run to the toilet as soon as I came into the school that day. And, and yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Um, but so I basically, I mean, I, I struggled with depression from a pretty young age. When my parents got divorced, it came as kind of a shock to me and my brother because we never saw any arguing. We never saw any mm. that they were just like this perfect couple. Mm. And so it was a little shocking for both of us that that had happened. It's weird that they hid it f- from you. Yeah. That's kind of weird. I mean, towards the end, they they fought more where we would hear them and we would just leave the house. Mm. Um, but it wasn't really, I would say, until the last few months that mm. that they ever showed that around us, at least in a way that was obvious to mm. kids, you know, you don't I mean, pick I up don't on think, everything. I don't think my parents did the did the right thing and because they fought a lot in front of us and mm. screamed and, and stuff like that. But not showing it at all is also kind of weird. But at the same time, I'm not saying that they were pretending to be super, super happy all the no, time. No, no, I'm not. But so, I, I mean more in the sense if it that came, I mean you don't as a kid you don't pick up on everything yeah, so sure. even if they were being kind of snappy with each other you don't pick up on that really as a but kid but still if you feel like oh it's a shock that they get divorced still it's still yeah it's that's yeah I mean yeah. it's it's I think it's okay some people do it like that some people do it like that but yeah yeah sorry but, no it's fine so that kind of was like the start of depression for me and like under not under or not understanding what I was feeling and why I was feeling it and then we had a lot of death in my family very all unexpectedly Mm. within a very short time span Mm. and the the hardest one for me was when my grandmother committed suicide and I was 18 19 Mm. and that was the hardest one for me and from there I kind of spiraled downward pretty hard and I stopped going to classes and at university and I eventually got kicked out of university for a semester, I think. They told me I was forced to take a semester break. Um, And I think part of that also stemmed the anxiety. And then later I suffered a trauma in 2016, and that was kind of the... I mean, uh, to to be honest, your grandma dying is a trauma too. It's not... No, sure. No, sure. like every death is a trauma. No, absolutely. I mean, it still affects me today. Yeah, and... and, and, uh, so I think that my I've never really been able to pinpoint where my anxiety exactly came from, but I think it's because I can't pinpoint it. I think there were so many things that led to it mm-hmm. that there is no one event that made it happen. Um, but yeah, so so basically, all of that to say, I discovered after thankfully Wolfgang gave me this book to read. Um, which we will also link again. We talked about it in the last episode, and we'll link it again in the description of this one. Um, just talking about anxiety and, and what what you can do and what it means and all of that. And it really opened my eyes to, okay, this is, I can actually call it what it is. I can say this is what I have. And it was kind of the first time that I said, oh, I have anxiety. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because I never really was able to say definitively what was going on. I mean, I remember c- 
telling you that it was anxiety, but you said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. You said, no, no it's no. not. And I told you, yes, it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so once I read that book, the book spoke to me a lot and it gave me a lot of helpful tips. But at the same time, I was like, it didn't quite explain what I have. And so I did a little more research into it and I found that what I have is called relationship anxiety. And I will just quickly read a little blurb about what relationship anxiety means. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of relationships. Um, this is from healthline.com. Um, it just says, you're in a relationship with a great person who you love. You've developed trust, established boundaries, and learned each other's communication styles. At the same time, you might find yourself constantly questioning yourself, your partner, and the relationship. Things like, will things last? How do you know if this person is really the right one for you? What if they're hiding some dark secret? What if you're incapable of maintaining a healthy, committed relationship? So basically, it's things like that. So it's it's feelings of worry and insecurity and feeling like, okay, maybe I'm not enough for this person. Or even if things are going incredibly well with the person, you doubt everything that they that they do, that they say, everything. And mm-hmm. it's miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what anxiety does. It's it's totally miserable because for me, I um, I've mostly dated nice guys, uh, but I've also dated not nice guys. And as a kid, I developed late. We'll say it that way. And <laughs> in high school, I was made fun of a lot because boys. I mean, boys are mean sometimes girls are mean kids sometimes i mean kids are kids fucking are mean. mean but i i was made fun of a lot and throughout my until my junior year of high school when i developed finally boys didn't notice me so they would say things they would call me flat-chested they would say really hurtful things that made me feel like okay i'm not attractive nobody wants to date me all mm-hmm, of that mm-hmm. and then i developed and i came back to school and suddenly all of these guys of course want to date me or take me out or whatever and i'm not saying i wasn't like the most beautiful girl there was plenty of others but you know all of a sudden danielle has boobs and boys are into that Mm -hmm. so i think that also set kind of a bad mindset for me because i still am affected by things like that today Mm-hmm. And you can probably attest to that. I ask you sometimes, yeah. would you be more attracted to me if this or if that or, you know. And I say yes, but she doesn't change <laughs> anything. So it's kind of what's the point of her uh-huh. asking. <laughs> no, but this is that's exactly what anxiety does. I ask him questions that are stupid to even ask in the first place. He answers, no, of course not. And I don't believe him. That's that's the crazy part. He says, no, why would I care yeah. about that? It's your yeah. body and I'm attracted to you just the way you are. And my head is like, he's lying. <laughs> How yeah. could you possibly be attracted to that? You know, it's, that's that's yeah. what it does. But I think uh, we, with my anxiety is more um, my thing in the sense that uh, it's it has nothing to do with you or it doesn't relate to anything that you do. Mm-hmm. But your anxiety is, uh, since it's relationship anxiety and since we are in a relationship, um, it has a lot of effect in our relationship more so than I mean, my anxiety. Yours has a massive effect on our relationship. N- yes. But not in the sense that 
you're not questioning things yeah. that I do or yeah, questioning exactly. things about our relationship. Exactly. exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm 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 part of this anxiety basically. I'm part of mm-hmm. I'm part of her thought patterns and and what I do or what I say and um a big thing I think is to realize that that anxiety is something that only you yourself can fix. Mm-hmm. That's not you. It's the same with my anxiety. It's the same with every anxiety. You can ask for reassurance as often as you want to. It will come back, and it won't. Yep. It won't ease anything. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to you and to the work you to do yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the hardest thing about relationship anxiety has been, and I, I've also noticed patterns. It's not just in this relationship. It was in my previous relationships as well, not all of them, but the more recent ones where I had similar patterns of thinking, but it was never to the extreme that it is now. Um, And part of that, I think, is because I had never been with somebody who was friends with a lot of women before Mm. I met Wolfgang. And he's a... That's my... That's my... my, You're trying to be suave now. Yeah, but I can't think of But no, but I, I had never, I'd never really been with somebody who has that many female friends. Now. No, I, we're not gonna say it now. That's the downside of being beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and not to mention all of his. Not that it should matter, but in my anxiety brain, it does matter. All of his female friends are gorgeous, like all of them. And some of them, he's like, no, 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 she's like my sister. And my head's like, fuck that. There's no way that you can, there's no way that you can think that that person's not gorgeous. But whatever, that's that's how the brain works, right? See, and, and if you could see her right now, she's basically asking me for... No, I'm not. I mean, your eyes do. I'm not. I'm only looking at you like that because you're looking at me like you're expecting that. Okay. <laughs> dodged a bullet right there. Who dodged a bullet? I don't know. <laughs> Someone did, probably. Let's go, let's go back to the arguing episode. <laughs> that might happen now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a lot of uh, female friends. And even though I wouldn't see a lot, but I do but have you some. Do. Yeah. I would say you have a lot. And sure, they are not hideous because <laughs> Wolfgang always says he likes to surround himself with beautiful people so. and that's, that's true that's true but I have to say beauty is a totally subjective thing and someone can look beautiful for one person and someone can well, look and beauty, not especially, beautiful especially and that's something I really appreciate I think, about Wolfgang is that beauty for him is not purely physical no it's not at all their personality yeah. it is Literally everything. Trust me, about I have them. the most hideous friends, and I love them because their <laughs> their inside is so beautiful. No, I'm kidding. No, I think I don't think that anyone is hideous or or whatever. But but no, the, but it was just it was an adjustment for me. Is the point yeah, I'm trying to make? It was yeah. an adjustment when sometimes he would say, "Oh, I'm gonna go get coffee with this person," and it was a another woman. And it's like, okay, that's weird for me. That's that's something that took me a really long time to get used to. Yeah. It was, but it was hard for me to get used to him spending time with other women when it was, you know, it's, it, it was hard for me to realize that it's purely platonic, like that there's mm-hmm. nothing else there. And I think that's hard in any relationship. I think that no matter if you have anxiety or not, I think that's something that that's always kind of a, sure. 
it comes back. And it's always something that's, I don't know about that. Am mm. I comfortable with that? Yeah. But when you have relationship anxiety, it's to the next level. But I also where it's like you, I trust this person. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing for me. I trust this person, but it does not seem like I trust. Like I will tell him constantly how much I trust him, mm. but I don't, it doesn't show that I trust him when I have these anxious thoughts. But that, that that's also something that you... And That, that's what I mean, that your relationship anxiety has more to do with our relationship because I had to adjust to, I had to, or I wanted to help you, of course, and I want I reduced the contact or reduced seeing them and I tried to make it easier for you or I tried to make it um, in a way that, that it helped you more, that you don't feel the anxiety all the time. So and there were things that I did that helped you, hopefully. Yeah, but... On the honest side, there were things that you did that made it worse. Yeah, sure, sure. That's true. Not like he cheated or something that didn't happen. No. <laughs> no, there was just that. So he's, I, we won't go into like the crazy details, but essentially one of the people that he's friends with is someone that he dated yep. a very long time ago. Yep. So in my head, I know how stupid it is for me to feel any feelings of what if something were to happen with the two of them. But at the same time, it's kind of built into our brains, I think, especially in the U.S. here. I think it's so different how you have relationships with women, but like friendships with women, yeah. it's so different. I, I, I don't think that's true because I think that's up to, I know a lot of male people, men, uh, that they don't have any female friends and they could never have female friends. And I know but the opposite. But it's more common here. I've noticed that I, I talk to so so many people that I have met here have male or yeah, female have yeah. a almost equal amount of female friends as they do male yeah. friends. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know where it comes from. And the whole dynamic of stories you've told me about how high school was for the whole dynamic between mm -hmm. males yeah. and females is insanely it's, different it's, it's than it different, was when, yeah. when yeah. I was in high school. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. But just, just for that in general, I mean, it was, it's, so it's not the easiest thing for for me to be like oh he's friends with his ex and they they talk about things that are you know pretty yeah. intimate yeah intimate in the sense that they're uh, like deep conversations personal details yeah yeah and so that was not so easy for me so there was like a short time where i was like okay this is really bothering me and mm -hmm. he saw that and so he said that he would you know kind of reduce contact And I found out later that he hadn't reduced it at all yeah, yeah. and that there was still talking going on and he was deleting messages so I wouldn't find out. And so it was a... It sounds pretty bad, but just but, I mean, to it give is. some context. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but to, to give some context, they didn't do anything that would... Uh, no, uh, he wasn't doing anything wrong in yeah. the sense that he was like sending messages that are inappropriate yeah, or yeah. nothing like that. It was... And it was a normal conversation between friends, yeah. but it was in his in my head, brain. He was, was like, being "Hey, helpful. I'm trying to why even bother her with that, or yeah. I'm trying to to uh, not show her things or not make it seem like I do still." And yeah, it was a, a and that bad has choice. since stopped. I mean, we've we've discussed how dumb that was. It was a pretty bad <laughs> dumb choice, but yeah, you you know you learn and you yeah. go through those things and. But so then, you know, yeah. that, of course, also causes more anxiety. Yeah. So for a yeah. while, the anxiety just about that relationship was insane. Like, insane. Yeah. I mean, the anxiety basically finds something mm -hmm. that it uh, clicks to or connects to and you just 
dive into this just one thing uh, and it, for you it was my ex and for me it was cancer and once that's over and you don't you are not super careful anxiety finds another way another mm -hmm. outlet another another uh part of your life that it infests and then you go into it again and you think mm -hmm. about that stuff all the time yeah yeah but essentially i mean it for a while it was really destructive to our relationship mm -hmm. because it was every i didn't because i ha i didn't know what it was yet i didn't have this label on it that oh this is anxiety It just felt like I was going crazy. I I literally felt like I was going insane because I love this person. We have this great relationship and I feel like I was somehow trying to ruin that. Yeah. Like somehow subconsciously I mean, I'm trying to kill the relationship or test yeah, it to its yeah, limits. Yeah. It wasn't super easy, but the, at the same time, I mean, I knew before you did or before you admitted to it mm -hmm. what it was. And so I, and I understood you and I tried to make you understand it mm -hmm. but you it just took a while and i think that's also something you can force it um, but that's why reading and and just in general getting to know that stuff a little bit more makes you understand it faster and yeah once it comes along you maybe realize it much faster hey that's anxiety mm -hmm. or that's that and so i guess for me getting through it And I'm still not, I still struggle with it sometimes. I still have days or weeks at a time where it's really heavy. Yeah. Um, right now, I've had like the best time ever with it where it's, I mean, I basically acknowledged what it was last year mm -hmm. around this time yeah. in the summer of yeah. last year. Yeah. And it took a long time to kind of get to a point where I could be like having a week or two mm -hmm. with nothing. Mm -hmm. I took a long time. But... I mean, lately, I I think my longest streak of really having no thoughts like that are, it was like three months or mm -hmm. something. And when I say that, I don't mean I never had the thoughts. I did. But I learned how to just let them be there and also how to just let them go yeah. and basically talk myself down from them. Like, it's just anxiety. It's not true. And then it's gone. And then it doesn't affect me the rest of the day. Yeah. That took a long time. But what's helpful was something that was in the book that that we both read and this really 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 helped me you i bought a journal and it was small enough that i could take it with me everywhere so it mm -hmm. fit in my purse mm -hmm. or my backpack wherever i went i brought it mm -hmm. doesn't matter where i might be going just to the movies it yeah. came with me if i had an anxious thought write it down you write down the day the time mm -hmm. where you are mm -hmm. and then the thought And you don't only write the thought, you write a positive alternative mm -hmm. to that that's thought. That's CBT. Exactly. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. And so you write down the negative thought as short as possible. You don't want to write a narrative. You just write two, three sentences tops. Mm -hmm. And then you change it to yeah. make it positive. So yeah. that exact thought, change it, make it positive, write that down, put the book away. That's it. Yeah. And that's it. And you do that every single time you have a thought. Yeah. And at first, you write in that thing all the time. <laughs> I was literally like once an hour yeah. writing something yeah. down. But eventually it gets less and mm -hmm. then you start to notice patterns. Mm -hmm. So I started to notice, okay, I'm having these thoughts ma majorly in the morning yeah. between this time and this time. And then again, before I go to bed or, you know, you find these patterns and that helps to kind of prepare yourself yeah. for, okay, yeah. this is around the time where I start feeling anxious. So what can I do to prevent that? Or what can I do to just 
keep myself mm -hmm. from falling into that trap. And as you said, the anxiety will get less and then there will be days or weeks where you feel no anxiety and then it hits you again. I can't remember the last time I wrote in the journal. And that's the cool thing about that because you know, that's why I like and I like to say anxiety comes in waves because it goes down and then it comes it comes again and that's just how it is always. Mm -hmm. um, but once you notice that, that you maybe go for two days or three days without anxiety or even a week or maybe even a month and then it hits you again that's the motivation and the the knowledge or the, the proof that you're on the right path. Yep. And it's also completely normal to have the feeling like, say, you haven't had anxiety or it hasn't been super heavy in a long time, like mm -hmm. two, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. And then it comes back and feels like a ton of bricks. That's normal, yeah. That's also normal. And it's normal to feel like... I. That happened to me recently mm -hmm. where I hadn't really had much of anything in, in a few months. And then all of a sudden it hit me as if I was where I was a year ago. But that's exactly what I mean. It comes in waves and it, yeah. it f only feels like that because you haven't had it in a while. Yeah. It's the same amount. Yeah. It, it didn't change. No. Yeah, that's anxiety. It's a bitch. It's a fucking bitch. <laughs> but it's also manageable. And mm -hmm. I think... In my case with relationship anxiety, the most important things for me have been to um, learn how to be more accepting of the things that make me uncomfortable mm -hmm. because it's okay to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but you have to learn, or at least I had to learn to trust, which I had a lot of trust issues as it was because of past trauma mm -hmm. and things I did and stuff. Yeah. And it was after my trauma in 2016, my my trust abilities were just completely shot. And that was also that took some kind of rebuilding of a lot of things. And I think just learning to trust things again was a really big step into not letting those things that are uncomfortable feel so heavy. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, they're they're there. They come, and they're. I'm not going to say that certain things don't make me uncomfortable still because they do, and it's not like certain relationships or certain um, I don't know things that that happen don't bother me because they do. But I've also learned to accept that that's okay, and that if you're open with your partner about those things, yeah in a way that shows them that you trust them, it just makes you uncomfortable, then I think that's also important. Yeah. To not pretend like you're totally fine, but to be open about your feelings and... Yeah. yeah. I think with anxiety especially, it's it's always good to be open about it and to um, try to um, explain it so the other person understands it because you never are able to make them feel what you feel or experience mm -hmm. what you experience in those times. Um, but but at least to to feel understood, that alone helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Because again, ultimately it come, it's up to you to change your thoughts, to change your thought patterns and to, to be the change to make anxiety go away or to make it less noticeable. Mm -hmm. Basically, what in the book he refers to it as rewiring your brain. Yeah, and I that's think that's a really good way to look at it 
That's like there is. are physical wires in your head and you need to switch them around to yeah. make it function better. And it's super easy. With CPT and you practice those things, you can see uh, outcomes or you can see progress in a few days. I just think it's important to make note that it's gonna going to be different for everybody. No, sure. That and it takes a long someone time. Someone else's progress isn't going to be the same as yours because no. you can't compare work yeah. that you do because we both did insane amounts of work to get to where we are. Yeah. But it takes the, a while and it takes yeah. a lot of time, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. It is worth it. And it will still affect you throughout your life. It still affects me. I have less of it now. But it's it's there. It's not like it's not there. I've just learned how to let it be there and not let it bother me as much. I'm. I have to say, I'm. I'm over it. I I know it's still there, but I'm not at all affected by it anymore. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Took me a while. Okay, that's it. I think. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for. Uh, giving us uh, reviews, good or bad ones. Um, and again, if you are able to, please review the show and also please share the show with your friends, followers on uh, Spotify. There's this awesome share function where you can just share it to your Instagram story or to your Facebook friends. Um, please do. It will help us a lot. Mm -hmm. And again, thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. We really do. We have a lot of fun doing that. Um, we don't do it because we make money out of it. We don't We do not do it because we want to make money out of it. We just do it because it's a fun project. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.